Experts claim there is nothing tougher than a diamond. But at Diamonds Direct, we beg to differ. Have you ever met a mother? Strong, radiant, timeless. This Mother's Day, give her the gift that meets her match. With diamond jewelry starting at $200, plus Diamonds Direct's exceptional quality and unbeatable everyday price, you're sure to give her a gift that wows this generation and the next to come. Experience the thrill of jewelry shopping done right at Diamonds Direct. Diamonds Direct. Your love, our passion. If you love sports and true crime, then there's a new podcast from executive producer Dan Patrick and hosted by me, Jay Harris, that you won't want to miss. Playing Dirty Sports Scandals. Each week, I'm squeezing the juiciest details from some of the biggest sports scandals ever. I'm talking Marcus Dixon, Olympic gymnastics, Kane Velasquez, salacious Super Bowl-level scandals, Join me on the dark side of sports by listening to Playing Dirty Sports Scandals on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. Hi, I'm Michael Rappaport. And I'm Kibi Rappaport. And together we're hosting Rappaport's, Rappaport's Reality, reality Podcast. Podcast. We have a passion for reality TV, and we're inviting you into our living room. We're dissecting the drama, and we're giving praise to the single greatest form of entertainment on television today. That is right. Reality TV is the greatest form of entertainment on television today. Listen to Rappaport's reality with me, Kibi Rappaport. And me, Michael Rappaport, on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcast, or wherever you get your podcast. From the Abraham Lincoln Radio Studio at the George Washington Broadcast Center. Jack Armstrong and Joe Getty. The Armstrong and Getty Show. For more than two weeks along Israel's border with Lebanon, Hezbollah and the IDF have performed a lethal, delicate dance. One side fires artillery, the other a missile. Neither dares miss a step. The choreography is set. But the tempo is speeding up to the beat of belligerent rhetoric. I thought this was a fantastic report. I saw it on NBC News this morning. It's a Matt Bradley about what's going on, our role in it, and where this might be heading. Let's just hear it. But even as the violence intensifies, Hezbollah and Israel appear to be stopping short of all-out war. For now. I spoke to a local imam who told me the threat from Hezbollah, a much larger and more powerful force than even Hamas, has single-handedly prevented Israel from moving into the Gaza Strip. Do you think that Hezbollah will prevent Israel from intervening in Gaza? Today, Israel is deterred and is afraid, and it's worried that Hezbollah will get involved if Israel was to enter Gaza from the ground. He pointed to Israel's own reports showing Hezbollah's rocket strength has grown 10 times since it fought its last war with Israel in 2006. Yeah, that's quite a number. Uh, They've increased their capacity 10 times since the last time, and they're a pretty powerful force there. As to dragging other countries in, here we go. If Hezbollah does decide to enter the war, he said, it'll drag with it an alliance of anti-Israeli nations, an axis of resistance led by Iran. Do you think that Israel is afraid of Hezbollah and the power of the axis of resistance? Absolutely. They say that if Hezbollah enters, it will be Armageddon for Israel. It knows that the entrance of Hezbollah will change the balance and the rules of engagement entirely. That is something. We'll talk more about it here at the end. Let's keep going. More than two weeks of tit-for-tat fighting have killed soldiers and civilians on both sides. And in the past several days, Israel has widened its evacuation zone along the border, 
even emptying the small city of Kiryat Shmona. But zoom out, and you can see how the same pattern of heavily armed harassment is playing out on a regional scale. The Iran-backed Islamic resistance of Iraq has already struck U.S. forces at Ain al-Assad Air Base and Erbil International Airport. And an American ship in the Red Sea shot down multiple drones and missiles fired from Iran-backed Houthi rebels in Yemen that may have been headed to Israel. And the U.S. Navy deployed two aircraft carrier strike groups in the eastern Mediterranean. What the U.S. calls a deterrent to expanding the war, the axis of resistance sees as a menacing escalation. There's an American ship in the sea here. Yes. And are you and the Lebanese people scared? America. Forty years ago, Americans came from New Jersey to Lebanon, and how did they leave? It carried out its soldiers' bodies. This was 40 years ago, not today. Today, we're in a much stronger position from 40 years ago. It's a sinister threat. This Hezbollah member of parliament is referring to the last time the U.S. deployed troops to Lebanon in 1983. Hezbollah's allies attacked their barracks with truck bombs, leaving 241 Americans dead. Yep, we lost a whole bunch of Marines that day. The anniversary of that, I think it was last week, 40 years ago last week, and uh, our response was to pull out. We uh, Reagan pulled us out of there when that happened. Just like, you know, uh, screw this part of the world. Y'all kill each other, do what you want to do. I'm not sure that's an option this time around. This is this is not a minor thing. Now, we're going to be talking to Mike Lyons a little bit later this hour, but there there's a serious opportunity for us to be at war with a major country soon. Talking Iran, of course. And uh, Hamas and Iranian leaders were in Moscow yesterday in Russia talking with, I was going to say Soviet, might as well be, Russian military leaders, so it's all tied together, that whole axis of a-holes. This is really, really a big deal, and um, I understand why cable news is practically wall-to-wall on the mass shooters still being on the loose, but the biggest story in the world right now is the fact that overnight, the United States carried out airstrikes, finally, to my mind, uh, in Syria, but against the Iranian Islamic Revolutionary Guard Corps and its proxy militias, blew up a bunch of stuff. Not sure yet that we killed any anybody. Um, don't know how long we can avoid that. We we bent over backwards the second half, and President Biden both saying yesterday this has got nothing to do with Israel Hamas. We're just protecting our own interests, so we really don't want to come off as being. I guess kinetically on the side of Israel, at least not yet, but I'm not sure there's going to be any choice. This has got such an opportunity to burst out into a, a wider war with a whole bunch of players. And you just heard from that report there on NBC News about how Hezbollah is so much more powerful than Hamas, and we all saw what Hamas did and has done over the years. Hezbollah is so much bigger a deal. And then Iran, um, by the way... In Gaza, the claims are that they're out of fuel. They're going to have to shut down these hospitals. Lots of people have died. Many, many more people on ventilators and babies and incubators and all this different sort of stuff are going to die if these hospitals run out of juice. Israel is reporting they got plenty of fuel. Hamas has got it all. And they released some pictures yesterday of giant storage tanks that Israel says uh, you know, with the caveat that Israel's saying this, and it is war, and their information war is part of it, too. But 
this has been the history for many, many years now. You give fuel to Gaza, Hamas takes it to use it for their military needs. Israel has said at one point yesterday, you got enough gas to fire rockets, apparently, because they're still firing thousands and thousands of rockets. You got enough fuel to fire rockets and everything that's involved in that. How about you run your hospitals off of that fuel? Which is a decent argument, I think. Anyway, I'm going to be following this closely over the weekend personally just because I'm so interested in it. And again, I think it's got an opportunity to turn into by far the biggest story in the world. By far. Anyway, we've got clips of the week to get to, among other things. Stay tuned. Armstrong and Getty. Without the ones like you who work tirelessly to keep things running, everything would suddenly stop. Hospitals, factories, schools, and power plants, they all depend on you. No matter the weather, emergency, or time of day, you're the ones who get it done. At Granger, we're here for you with professional-grade industrial supplies. Count on real-time product availability and fast delivery. Call, clickgranger.com or just stop by. Granger for the ones who get it done. If you love sports and true crime, then there's a new podcast from executive producer Dan Patrick and hosted by me, Jay Harris, that you won't want to miss. Playing Dirty Sports Scandals. Each week, I'm squeezing the juiciest details from some of the biggest sports scandals ever. I'm talking Marcus Dixon, Olympic gymnastics, Cain Velasquez, salacious Super Bowl-level scandals. Join me on the dark side of sports by listening to Playing Dirty Sports Scandals on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. The Armstrong and Getty Show. I wonder at what point we're striking inside Iran. Certainly wouldn't shock me. Uh, And uh, will they find that nut job killer up in Maine? Did he get away on the boat? That's another story I'll be following all weekend. Anyway, right now what we've got to do is we look forward to this. This is fun. Who puts this together? Hanson? Hanson gets all the credit for this? Executive producer Mike Hanson. Yes, the credit and or the blame depending on how it goes. Uh, It's something we call COW. It's an acronym for Clips of the Week. Three, two, one, liftoff. Haven't you been out to the Statue of Liberty? It says right there on the bottom, there's a poem about huddled masses. From the river to the sea, Palestine will be free. We are rights, trans rights. We say no to genocide. You know, this is not some, this is not the way to have a conversation. I just booked it um, down the lane and I slid basically into where the pins are and climbed up in the machine. Another day without the gunman captured, almost 36 hours later. And our kids aren't going to be able to enjoy what the United States is about. My office is going to be known for trust and transparency and accountability. To put aside partisan politics for the good of the American people. If Iran or its proxies attack U.S. personnel anywhere, make no mistake, we will defend our people. 
Iranian-backed proxies have launched attacks on American troops in Iraq. The attacks by Hamas did not happen in a vacuum. What is a proportionate response for killing of babies, for rape women and burn them? They stormed our kibbutz, they kidnapped me, laid me on my side on a motorbike. Uh, Muslim and those perceived uh, to be Muslim have endured a disproportionate uh, number of hate-fueled attacks. You seem to be saying that the Chinese government is running a criminal enterprise. Essentially what you have with the Chinese government is the autocracy and oppressive regime of, uh, you know, East Germany combined with the cutting-edge technology of Silicon Valley. Regardless of what happens nationally, sub-nationally, you have a partner in the state of California. Uh, depending on how many times you whack it. So how many times are you supposed to whack it? The 9 to 5 schedule in general is crazy. Hand grenades, very important. If you use hand grenades, please use vegan grenades. That was a parody. That was not actually Greta Thunberg. That was an AI-created voice there, I guess. Hey, Katie, I want to go to some of your headlines here in a second to see what's going on uh, around the world in a variety of quarters. But first, this, I don't know if this is one of your headlines, the new Gallup poll came out on Joe Biden's approval rating. It's uh, ties his all-time low at 37% in that poll, which is low. But listen to this number. Joe Biden's approval rating fell among Democrats 11 points in the last month. An 11-point drop among Democrats in the last month. This is the worst numbers he's ever had in his own party. And they're speculating that it's got to do with the response in Israel. There's a big chunk of the Democratic Party, you know, that doesn't agree we should back Israel the way we are and doesn't like the, you know, tough talk about taking on Hamas and we, we stand by Israel. It's speculation as to why it dropped 11 points in a month, but... Well- and think about his his decline that we've witnessed in the last month, too, it just age-wise and physical performance-wise. Possible. I'd like to see those numbers broken down by age. If, if it's driven by mostly younger Democrats, then I would suspect the Israel stuff has a lot to do with it, because that crowd is uh, not as on board. But wow, if the powerful in the Democratic Party weren't worried already of going forward with him as the nominee... A year and a month out from a presidential election, he's at 37% and double-digit drop in his own party in the last month. Anyway, here are the headlines with Katie Green. Well, I'm going to go through the alphabet soup TV headlines here. First, Fox News authorities set sights on River for Maine massacre suspect. Confirm suicide note was discovered. Oh, they did. So they th- yesterday there was a story that a note was found but they didn't release any of the details but they are saying it's a suicide note yeah and they're okay. saying that they did it is confirmed they have it okay well then he's dead well that's that's good news that he's dead um so I wonder so was his did he write the suicide note after he killed all those people or was that his plan all along god dang it it's horrible either way obviously from ABC News, this is from an hour ago, rocket strikes apartment building in Israel. Okay, one got through the Iron Dome. It's another thing that's left out of the media. So, uh, 
Israel's raining rockets down on Gaza. Yes, missiles, airstrikes. Gaza's raining rockets down on Israel. They just have a better defense system. So do the rockets shot at you, they don't count if you're able to deflect them? It's not seen as the same kind of aggression? Hamas and and the, the, the... their people, I don't know. But Hamas would love to be doing the same amount of damage. It's not like they're holding back. They're trying as hard as they can. And it looks like one got through. News Nation. Palestinian Prime Minister urges immediate ceasefire to secure hostages. All right. Gaza, I'm sure Hamas could give those hostages back at any moment if they wanted to. Right. MSNBC. Anyone seeking gun reform from Speaker Johnson's house will likely be disappointed. He was asked about the shootings, and he he said it's not the gun. Yeah, that's that's not shocking. Right. Um, I I am kind of surprised that he's as pro-arming uh, Ukraine and Israel and uh, leaving gay marriage alone and uh, all, all those sorts of things that he said yesterday. He's, as somebody pointed out, I was just reading some analysis, he's way more Mitch McConnell than he is Marjorie Taylor Greene in his politics. From CNN, we have a breakthrough, but issues remain. Sources say of Qatar-led hostage negotiations. Yeah, Qatar's not a a good country either. They're basically run by um, um, the Muslim Brotherhood, but they're working with Hamas. So this dripping out hostages, if you... Let go two a week, and you've got over 200. Obviously, you can keep this going for a couple of years as a strategy. From Wired.com, TikTok streamers are staging Israel versus Palestine live matches to cash in on virtual gifts. So there's this feature on TikTok where you can match up with another user, and they give you a split screen, and the two of you have somewhat of a match. And the people that are watching award either side. Should like like you have a debate, right? Okay. And so what they're doing is they're hosting these on TikTok, and people are paying them to put them on. So well, they're profiting off of this. I'm not. I'm not going to have TikTok on my phone or my computer, but I'd like to watch some of those. From page six, Donald Trump unfazed by legal woes, acting like nothing's wrong, says insiders. Well, he's had a lot of legal woes in his life. <laughs> if, if this happened to any of us regular people who most of us have never been in a courtroom or sued, it'd be so, so shocking and weird for me. But he spent his whole life in courtrooms being sued. And finally, the Babylon Bee. Elon Musk offers Mark Zuckerberg $1 billion to change the name of Facebook to Faceboob. Hey! That's a play on the uh, Wikipedia to Dickipedia thing from the other day. Gotcha. As those two guys. I wish they'd finally wrestle. That's eh, too bad that they never wrestle. <laughs> that would have been fun. The disappointment of the year. Yeah. Do you dress up for Halloween, Katie? I do. do you- and uh, this year, I'm going to be dre- uh, my husband and I are going as our friends, and they have no idea. And it's gonna oh, be that's pretty funny. <laughs> yeah. Do you normally go sexy or funny? Funny. Funny. F- I uh, there. I uh, sexy is not something I was gifted with. <laughs> well, <laughs> I can't comment on that either way, or I will uh, end up in HR. But HR. That is that is not accurate. Um. Uh. But just your dressing as your friends. That's pretty funny. Yeah, so they're two look. of our best friends. We all are going to the same party, and they have no idea what we're going to do. So I'm going to show up. And, and they have unique enough looks, I'm guessing, that you can totally it'll be obvious. <laughs> oh, a ZZ top beard and, you know, the covered in tattoos. We got it covered. It's going to be fantastic. wonderful. Yeah. My young... Are you dressing up? Uh, no. 
My youngest, my youngest is a banana, and my oldest is a evil Elmo with a bloody axe or something like that. I don't know what that is. <laughs> Which is not going to make the little kids happy, obviously. Uh, we're going to check in on the uh, Middle East and what we did last night. Those attacks in Syria was that enough or not enough? Stick around. Armstrong and Getty. If you love sports and true crime, then there's a new podcast from executive producer Dan Patrick and hosted by me, Jay Harris, that you won't want to miss. Playing Dirty Sports Scandals. Each week, I'm squeezing the juiciest details from some of the biggest sports scandals ever. I'm talking Marcus Dixon, Olympic gymnastics, Kane Velasquez, salacious Super Bowl-level scandals. Join me on the dark side of sports by listening to Playing Dirty Sports Scandals on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. I'm Hannah Storm, and my podcast, NBA DNA with Hannah Storm, digs deep into the history of professional basketball, along with my own as one of the first female sportscasters. Now let's get you up to speed on what else happened around the NBA today. We talked to all sorts of people I interacted with, from Dr. J to Charles Barkley. And recap iconic moments. Yes, he's got it. Here he comes. Ray rocked the baby to sleep and slammed up. As well as some of the wild stories behind the scenes. We were like, what? What are we in for? The scoreboard crashes before we even tip a game off. Today, the NBA is a global sports and entertainment giant. Players are multimillionaires and cultural icons. Iguodala to Curry. Back to Iguodala. Up for the layup. Oh, blocked by James. LeBron James. And these stories are about how we got here, both on and off the court. And what's next? Listen to NBA DNA with Hannah Storr on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. The Armstrong and Getty Show. U.S. Secretary Lloyd Austin releasing a statement saying, quote, these narrowly tailored strikes in self-defense were intended solely to protect and defend U.S. personnel in Iraq and Syria. They are separate and distinct from the ongoing conflict between Israel and Hamas. This is significant because since the conflict developed on October 7th, following that massacre here in southern Israel, we've seen a number of attacks on not just Israeli interests across the region, but also American interests. One of the first things I did when I heard about these attacks by the U.S. in the Middle East is I went to Mike Lyons' Twitter feed, at M-A-G, Major Mike Lyons, M-A-G, Mike Lyons, uh, to see what he had to say about it. And I thought, well, we got to have him on the radio today to see where we are with that. Mike, welcome to the Armstrong and Getty Show again. Thanks for having me. Looks great to be back. So how big a deal is this? I, so I'm a, I'm a complete layman on this stuff. It just doesn't feel like enough with the number of times that Iran has struck us, but what what are your feelings as a guy who knows what he's talking about? No, it's not. I had a conversation over the weekend with a couple of uh, former colleagues, and it's like, it's about time, and, uh, you know, the fact of the matter is they have been attacking U.S. forces there. Iran is the most responsible country for U.S. Uh, soldier deaths within Iraq when we were there from, you know, 2003 through 2011. I mean, the IEDs and everything they did, we've done nothing. And then a lot of it is we just continue to believe that all of a sudden we're going to wake up and the Iranians are going to be friendly and they're going to change and something's going to be different. But uh, just not the case. Um, if you're a soldier in 
combat right now in Syria or in Iraq, and it's a combat zone. You're concerned about what's the, you know, what is the gov- our government doing to protect you there? Uh, aside from, you know, maybe some vehicles. We, we obviously hear that there's an individual was killed in a in a in a bomb shelter. Well, that's nice, but at, at some point, again, enough is enough. And um, right now, this, the whole gamble, the whole assumption is that uh, the Iranians are not going to escalate. They're not going to do anything to force an escalation. Um, so they continue to go around with they, you know, the margins here and make small little things. But at some point, again, enough's enough. They, they have to decide, just like Israel. Israel's decided enough's enough. They're not going to do louder rinse repeat this time. They're not stopping in Gaza. They're not going to take any pressure. They're not going to take any pressure from the outside world. They're just not going to. They're just going to keep going. So... As you said, Iran was uh, behind a whole bunch of uh, attacks and deaths mm-hmm. of of Americans, well, for a long, long time. So w- yeah. what is the hesitation with the United States facing off against Iran? What What is their military capability? Yeah, no, it's not much. It's more from the sky. It, it would be missile-based. Um, it's regional. It's, uh, you know, it's, it's the terror funding that they do. It, they, they don't provide an existential threat to us. And I think, I think the, the problem is we're psychologically disarmed from them because we would destroy them. And the rest of the world would say, what's going on in the United States? Like, why did you do this? M- meanwhile, they continue to kill our soldiers and, 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 and harm our allies and do all these things. So again, we've got to decide enough's enough, and we've got to, you know, somebody used this expression, we have to punch them in the nose. Well, kind of what does that mean? You know, do we attack their Pentagon? Do we attack their, their capability to, um, to manufacture oil and petroleum? So if we do that, though, it upsets the economic balance of power. Um, You've got to think that we would need allies to do this, and I think that ally is Israel. So, so that fuse gets lit, right, October 7th, and that fuse is continuing to burn right now. So the question is, what, what more will Iran do? Will they back down? The assumptions are that Iran's going to back down. They're not going to do much more. Uh, but we have to just see. Uh, well, do you agree with that assumption or not? I, I don't think it's a good assumption to make from a military preparedness perspective, no. I think that, uh, let's say the Israelis, when they decide to go, so, so Israel wants to fight its kind of war. They don't want to fight the war Hamas wants them to fight, right? So they're going to do this ground war when they're good and ready, and, and that's going to mean they've got um, either better intel on the hostages, that they, they're going to be assured that they're going to win, that they're not going to take a lot of casualties. But once that starts and they commit there, then who knows what happens in the north? Who knows then if the Iranians decide to help Hezbollah more and they encourage them, and next thing you know, they've opened up another front to the north, and now Israel is already facing an existential threat. So I, don't, I just don't think it's a good assumption. Um, we're, the, the assumption is being made that the Houthis are not going to do anything. Hezbollah is kind of tired. Lebanese, Lebanon is not going to want to do anything. The Iranians are going to eventually back down. Lather, rinse, repeat. Here we go. We'll eventually bring the Israelis up for, you know, for war crimes because they're, they're going to attack disproportionately. But they don't, the world's not getting that Israel is at war. They've said they're at war. They've, the, the, the defense minister said there's a time for peace, there's a time for war. This is a time for war. They're going to destroy as use force as much as possible as they can uh, until they feel that, 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 this is, that their goals are accomplished. So uh, what's our um, – because um, uh, we've talked about how we've got two aircraft carriers now and all the support that goes with aircraft carriers and 2,000 troops have put on – and put on notice to deploy and all that. In terms of our um, assets in the region currently, how, how, how well are we stocked? Now, we're good um, from a strategic perspective and from, from putting 
um, air defense platforms in place to, to support Israel because what the Iranians would likely do is fire multiple uh, long-range missiles at, at Israel going to attack Tel Aviv. They, they have no capability to do any kind of a ground force. They, they couldn't get there. That, that wouldn't happen. They could unleash these terror organizations that will come from the north. So, they, so what the, the, the defense they need are Iron Dome rockets and, and, and Patriot missiles and THAAD. So that THAAD is kind of bullets hitting bullets. It's a, another complex um you know air defense system that against ballistic missiles is what is what we're doing which is fine which is exactly what we should be doing and allowing you know uh, that's our level of deterrence right now so so israel's trying to restore deterrence uh, with their neighbors and they do it disproportionately they that's why that's their level of deterrence whereas ours right now is proportional. So, for example, we attacked these two. We attacked a bunch of logistic bases inside of Syria. So, again, from a military perspective, okay, we took away some capacity for these militias to fight, but really didn't make any kind of impact on the ground. That's they're, they're going to still come back and start to attack American troops there. The question is, how do we escalate? The way we escalate there is attacking those places inside Iran, and you know that that opens up another level of discussion. So the president was asked on 60 Minutes a couple of weeks ago, um, we've got a war we're supporting in Ukraine, supporting the Ukrainians against the Russians. Now we've got supporting the Israels. Can we handle two different fronts? And then, of course, you've got to throw in the idea of if we are busy with those, does China decide to do anything anywhere? Can we handle all this stuff? Are we big enough and powerful enough to handle all these things at one time? Well, we could. We'd have to mobilize. We'd have to do things. You know, we'd have to create a situation where, you know, in the past 30 years, the United States has really not gone to war. The military has gone to war. So ask a military family and ask the soldiers that have been deployed, you know, three or four times over six or seven years and, and, and the, the damage that's created to the military environment because that's happened. But the United States would have to deploy. The United States would have to mobilize. And haven't seen that yet. I haven't seen that appetite yet. And that's the, that's the hard political decision that some political leader would have to make. Uh, the reality would have to kind of hit us in the face. We're, we're acting different in the Middle East also because there's no nuclear power we're eventually up against, right? I mean, in, in Ukraine, we, we, we're, we're giving Ukraine the, the means so they don't lose, right? We're, we've not really given them the means for them to win because then that would tip the balance and potentially Russia does something and they have a nuclear capability. So that's out there. Um, but this, what's different here in, in the Middle East, because there's no other nuclear power there that we have to kind of face off with. Now, you brought up China. Again, who knows? Another wild card. We have to assume that they're going to sense weakness and, and countries and leaders make these calculated decisions in history about whether they go or whether they don't go. Right. Um, you know, so again, we, we, you look at how World War One started. World War One started and all these bad assumptions that everybody didn't think were going to happen. Well, it sure is, this, they happened. And they happened for four years and everybody comes saying, oh, it's going to be over by Christmas. And never, never went that way. Yeah. That's where we're at right now. We're all facing off each other saying, Oh, that's not going to happen because they would never, Hezbollah would never do that, and the Iranians would never do that, and the Chinese would never do that. I mean, it's just really bad assumptions got us into those places in the past, and if we don't learn from them, then shame on us. Well, I know you're an expert in military history. I've read a lot of military history in my life. It seems like every big war in world history, 
began with the the side believing it'll be over by Christmas or summer or spring right. or whatever it was, and it doesn't yep. work out that way. I'm looking at uh, cable news right now, and they're talking about close call with the Chinese fighter plane or whatever. They they right. uh, ran one of their ships up against a, a ship in the Philippines the other day. I just so we had Ian Bremmer, the political scientist, on uh, last mm-hmm. week, and I asked him about yeah. why wouldn't China go now? And he thought, well, mili- uh, economically, there's just no way they're going to do that now, but. You know, it's one guy's decision, (laughs) President Xi. And if he looks at Joe Biden and thinks the guy is old and a little lost and the United States is busy, there's never going to be a better time. I just, I don't know. I can't imagine why now wouldn't be a good time. The the question is whether our country will declare war. That's what it's going to take for the country to declare war. Then we're all in. We're mobilized, National Guard units, industry changes. We're we're, we're now providing weapons. Go back to Ukraine. We're providing weapons to the Ukraine. We're taking stuff from the 90s that was about to expire. But what we need to do now, a complete refresh of all of our defensive systems, because that's kind of happening here. Our enemies could be drawing down our supplies, and now's the time to go, if you're China, now's the time to go to war with the United States. Because we'll, you know, we're towing out in world wars for a reason, right? Because we can crank up the industrial machine pretty quickly if we have to. If you ever go to the World War II Museum down in New Orleans, you can, it's pretty amazing that you see how quickly, if the United States wanted to crank up the war machine, we could do that. But, but again, we, would, we, always, we end up losing the beginning of those wars, and we take a lot of, a lot of casualties because we're, just, we're not ready to the point where the enemy has got that, that capability. One more quick thing before we let you go. The um, it's three weeks tomorrow since the the, the the horror happened in Israel. I think most people probably thought they'd be in there with tanks faster than now. Does it make sense to you to to to, to, to strategically wait and get your ducks in a row like this? Yeah, it does. I sat in the desert for a couple of months in Desert Storm and then watched for 35 days an air campaign. Um, and you know, we still faced off at an enemy that had capability. I think Israel is torn between knowing that if they go large scale on the ground, um, that's not a good outcome for the hostages that are there. And I think they're doing everything they can. The raids that they're doing right now, they're doing quick cross-the-border raids to try to gather intelligence. But um, I, I, I think that they, they're faced with that decision knowing full well. Now, again, when the time comes... They're, they're not going to allow Hamas to hide behind civilians because they're going to say, if you're a civilian in the northern part of, of Gaza, you're a combatant, right? We, everyone's been warned. You're a combatant. You, everybody's been told to get south, go south. They'll, they'll likely have no, no fire zones here. I mean, there's a reason why the Egyptians won't let the Palestinians in and the Jordanians won't let the Palestinians in. There's like, we, we, the, the rest of the Middle East does not want to help Israel solve this problem. So they're going to solve the problem by just, you know, destroying it, by flattening it. Thanks for your time today. It's good to talk to somebody who actually knows what they're talking about, because, you know, my blathering is of no use. Um, Mike Lyons, thank you very much. Thanks for having me. And as I uh, mentioned earlier, you can find him, if you want to follow him on Twitter, at M-A-G, Mike Lyons. And uh, he's one of the first places I go when anything militarily is happening to get his opinion, or you see him on CNN on a regular basis. And, yeah, I saw his Twitter feed where he said, yeah, waiting, there's nothing wrong with waiting. People don't remember in retrospect that oftentimes you wait. Uh, Hitler declared war on the United States, I think it was right the day <laughs> the day after Pearl Harbor. So December 41, we weren't on the ground in Europe facing off against Nazis until June of 44. It took a long time. Uh, Japan attacked us December of 41. It was a long time. It was the next next spring before we were uh, able to like really launch an attack back. So sometimes it, it takes a while, and it's a good idea to be patient. But 
God, are we actually going to declare war against Iran? I would not be shocked at all if that doesn't end up happening. Anyway, more of other stuff on the way. Stay right here. Armstrong and Getty. If you love sports and true crime, then there's a new podcast from executive producer Dan Patrick and hosted by me, Jay Harris, that you won't want to miss. Playing Dirty Sports Scandals. Each week, I'm squeezing the juiciest details from some of the biggest sports scandals ever. I'm talking Marcus Dixon, Olympic gymnastics, Kane Velasquez, salacious Super Bowl-level scandals. Join me on the dark side of sports by listening to Playing Dirty Sports Scandals on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. I'm Hannah Storm, and my podcast, NBA DNA with Hannah Storm, digs deep into the history of professional basketball, along with my own as one of the first female sportscasters. Now let's get you up to speed on what else happened around the NBA today. We talked to all sorts of people I interacted with, from Dr. J to Charles Barkley, and recap iconic moments. Yes, he's got it. Here he comes. Ray rocked the baby to sleep and slammed up. As well as some of the wild stories behind the scenes. We were like, what? What are we in for? The scoreboard crashes before we even tip a game off. Today, the NBA is a global sports and entertainment giant. Players are multimillionaires and cultural icons. Iguodala to Curry, back to Iguodala, up for the layup. Oh, blocked by James. LeBron James. And these stories are about how we got here, both on and off the court. And what's next? Listen to NBA DNA with Hannah Storr on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. I don't care if Monday's blue, Tuesday's gray, and Wednesday too. Thursday, I don't care about you. It's Friday. But listen to this. A new report found that a bunch of chocolate products contain a concerning amount of lead and other heavy metals. In response, Hershey's put out a statement that said, you're supposed to take the tinfoil off, you morons. <laughs> Unwrap it. I like Hershey's kisses. You got a bowl of those around, they aren't going to last with me. Uh, we got breaking news. You know, we were just talking to Mike Lyons about how this is getting hotter and could blow up fast. A suicide drone targeting U.S. forces likely launched by Iran-backed groups downed near a U.S. base. This is uh, Al-Assad Air Base in Iraq just a couple hours ago. So this is a, a drone fired by Iran or its proxies intending to kill Americans. And we were able to shoot it down. But how long are we going to allow this to happen? Or are we going to wait until one finally gets through and kills a bunch of guys and women? Uh, before we respond or, 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 or what? And if the idea was that the strikes in Syria last night, well, that got their attention. Now they know we mean business. Why would they, why would they think we mean business? Because we shot at a couple of bases with no people there. I think a lot of this goes back to Biden and decisions he's made throughout his career, including being vice president of Barack Obama when Barack Obama drew that red line and then didn't follow up on it. Iran thinks they've got some people they can push around that don't want to actually jump ugly. 
And I don't want to jump ugly either, but the other sometimes the other side determines whether or not you gotta. And uh, by the way, I looked it up just to be sure. I thought this was true. You know, because Mike Lyons just said, is America ready to go to war? Is the president ready to take the country to war? Like ramping up our industri- industrial capability to fight, uh, to, to supply the Ukrainians, to, 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 to supply the Israelis, to be at war with Iran, to deter China. You know, the last time we declared war? December 1941. After Japan attacked us, Pearl Harbor, all the I told my brother or my my brother, my son this uh, last night. I said we haven't declared war since Pearl Harbor. And he said, "What about Vietnam? What about and those were all the commander in chief making decisions and Congress allowing them to, uh, Congress staying out of declaring war, various authorizations like we had in Iraq, but." No, we haven't taken the country to war, declared war in a very, 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 very long time. And uh, lets a lot of Congress people off the hooks. They don't have to make a complicated political decision. Could be an interesting weekend, I'll tell you that. Hey kids, it's that time again. With Armstrong and Getty. Those kids are so enthusiastic. I wonder what they're dressing as for Halloween. Here's your host for Final Thoughts, me. Let's get a final thought from our board operator. That's not what we call you. Technical director? Yeah, technical director. From our technical director, Michelangelo. Yeah, if you're one of those older kids and you come to my house for trick-or-treating, you're getting raisins or maybe toothpaste. What's not- <laughs> toothpaste? Yeah. What's your cutoff for older kids? I'd say probably 12. 12, yeah. So I got a 13-year-old who still trick-or-treats. He still dre- he dresses up, though. He puts on the full costume stuff like that. But my 11-year-old is full-on cute into it, knocking at your door. So he, he deserves better than toothpaste. Let's get uh final thought from Katie Green, our news person. I think my cutoff would be high school. Because I remember going trick-or-treating with my friends in eighth grade, it like re- 12, 13. Yeah, Joe has said this before because he raised kids to an older age, and I'm, I'm observing it myself. It really depends on their attitude and everything like that. You get surly 14-year-olds that aren't in a costume. They're just in hoodies yeah. and jeans <laughs> with a pillowcase, and they just want candy. Get the hell out of here. But, you know, you're still dressing up and having fun and liking it. I, I'm, I'm happy. Get- what, do I need the candy? It's practically free, and I certainly don't need more of it. Look at me. Do I have a final thought? Where's my final thought? Well, geez, I don't want to end on something serious and a downer, but I think I think the possibility of us actually being at war with a major country like Iran is pretty high. And uh, follow us on Twitter. We'll be talking about it on Twitter throughout the weekend and be back on Monday with the very latest. Armstrong and Getty wrapping up another grueling four-hour workday. If there's anything we talked about or information you want to get or you want to buy something at the store that says Armstrong and Getty on it, you can go to armstrongandgetty.com. A fabulous website where everything is so easy to find. Wouldn't you agree, everyone? Textures? Not all of you? Okay. Uh, We will see you on Monday. God bless America. Well, whose bright idea was it to put every idiot in the world in touch with every other idiot? (laughs) Many of us thought it was a joke. You know, it was like a bad onion headline. America's chickens coming home to roost. Holy cow. You are quite, you're a really dull class. They're loco. It's just the way it is. I'm done with this. No, no, no. Sorry. In any event, I hope this is behind us. I can't imagine a more beautiful thing. It's cold. Bye. Have a great Friday, you mother... Armstrong and Getty. 
If you love sports and true crime, then there's a new podcast from executive producer Dan Patrick and hosted by me, Jay Harris, that you won't want to miss. Playing Dirty Sports Scandals. Each week, I'm squeezing the juiciest details from some of the biggest sports scandals ever. I'm talking Marcus Dixon, Olympic gymnastics, Kane Velasquez, salacious Super Bowl-level scandals. Join me on the dark side of sports by listening to Playing Dirty Sports Scandals on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. Hi, I'm Michael Rappaport. And I'm Kibi Rappaport. And together we're hosting Rappaport's Rappaport's Reality Podcast. Podcast. We have a passion for reality TV, and we're inviting you into our living room. We're dissecting the drama, and we're giving praise to the single greatest form of entertainment on television today. That is right. Reality TV is the greatest form of entertainment on television today. Listen to Rappaport's reality with me, Kibi Rappaport. And me, Michael Rappaport, on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcast, or wherever you get your podcast. I'm Hannah Storm, and my new podcast, NBA DNA with Hannah Storm, chronicles my six decades in professional basketball, from growing up in the sport to becoming one of sports TV's first female broadcasters. Join me as I dig deep into the game's history, unearth some wild stories, and talk to my friends from the world of basketball, from Dr. J to Charles Barkley. It's been a wild ride, and now I get to take you with me. Listen to NBA DNA with Hannah Storm on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. 